This program has been rated PG. Parental guidance is suggested. It will be presented in its entirety. Stand by to receive our transmission. Well, you know, I got to get everything ready over here. I got to make sure this button's on and this uh, chair is adjusted and this headphones are on properly. You know, I don't, I don't, like, I don't like covering up both ears. I like hearing what's going on in the room. You know, I, you I know, guess that's the, 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 the I, I don't want anything sneaking up on us. You don't right? want to have what happened to me the other day when somebody messed with the phone settings and everyone oh, yeah, could hear that's the person right. and that I couldn't. I no, like, I don't. Well, I could get away with it on my show a lot easier. <laughs> that's for sure, because my show is full of mistakes from time to time. Hey, it's the mistake-laden BK on the air. How you doing, everybody? <laughs> oh, yeah, I just dropped my phone. There's the first mistake. Before we get started, I want to do a shout-out before we do. Before we even get started, you big Hot Wheels collector back in the day, Hot Wheels mm-hmm. Matchbox. You know, back when they were separate. Did you pref? Did you did you prefer one of the over the other? The, I didn't really companies. pay attention. I realized now looking back, one was more realistic initially and one yeah. was more funny car and, and outlandish. That's, I think that's the one I preferred. I think the more Wait. Matchbox was the one that was a little more realistic, right. made the realistic car. To cars, say collected goes way too far. Well, Those yeah. were gifts that usually you would give a boy, just, and I got lots of them over you, the course you just of my kid. had a few. Let's my put kid, it that my way. My kid them. Yeah. Well, I always loved Matchbox. Yeah, and, uh, I did too. Hot Wheels cars and stuff. You know, Hot Wheels made some realistic ones too. I think I, I think one of them, one of my favorite realistic Hot Wheels car that I had back in the time was the Emergency Fifty One Dodge Fire Truck. Oh, really? That they drove on Emergency. They they made one. I don't know if they called it that on Hot Wheels because you know they had sometimes they'd make something but they couldn't call it the one on the show because I copyrighted. But I think maybe they they had the permission to do that. Well, today. Uh, over at the uh, where's this going on? The Civic Center. That's over by the um, by the library, right? Main branch of the here Cartersville in Cartersville, library. the North Georgia Dixie Diecast and Toy Collectible Show, 2023. Today from 9 a.m. till 2 p.m. So if you if you're over there, uh, tune me in on your earbuds and listen to me on the <laughs> listen to me on your on your phone or on your iPhone or whatever with the TuneIn app or the uh, or the uh, Radio Garden app or on the website at wbhfradio.org. Stream stream up off the website, of course. <laughs> I just want to say a shout-out over there. They've got a lot of vendors, from what I understand. Uh, admission, $5 to get in. And if you're over there, if you happen to be over there and listen to me, uh, give us a call, 770-386-1450, and say hi uh, also on the air and tell us how it's going. I mean, just, you you got Hot Wheels, you got Matchbox, Star Wars, 80 Years of Marvel, Lego, Fortnite, uh, Funko Pop uh, figures, Ninja Turtles, Avengers, G.I. Joe, you name it, man. I mean, they've got a lot of stuff over there today, and I just thought I'd give them a quick little plug because that's kind of a cool cool show over there that they have from time to time, and we'd like to say hi. A lot going on today. I don't know how I'm ever going to squeeze all of this in on the show today because uh, first and foremost— um, We'll put it in the trash compactor. Yeah, and squeeze it into a big square. Yes. That way we'll be all a lot thinner. How funny you should mention that because I just watched a John Carpenter movie, one of my favorites, and a lot of— him his films are great you know some not as better than the others like any director he's got a couple that are well let's go through them right quick the, the stinkers that i don't like from john carpenter are so few that it's easier to, for me to tell you which of his movies i don't like than the ones i like i never liked his memoirs of invisible man with chevy chase the remake of the invisible man he tried yeah. to make it's, it, it was a failure i didn't like ghosts of mars the movie that came out i didn't like that one either he tried to do something with that you and i, and I are two for two two for two I did not like the sequel to Escape from New York, Escape from L.A. I did not like See, that. I thought that was a misfire. I almost said that Memoirs of the Invisible Man was the worst movie he's done, and that right. you just reminded me. Right. The one I purged <laughs> right. from my memory. You purged that one? It is 
so bad. You're like, how did the same guy with the yeah. same actor in yeah. the same world? Yeah. How could you? How'd it's you like Caddyshack one versus Caddyshack it two. Kind of is, you know. It's just not. There's something about it that's completely wrong. Like, you could still go watch Escape yeah. from New York right now and go, wow. I get why this was such a it, cool movie. But it's funny you should mention the trash compactor and compacting everything together. It reminds mm-hmm. me because I just watched Christine, Stephen King's Christine. Well, it's John Carpenter's which Christine. Which is a good flick. Which is great. I love Christine. And I never read the book, so I'd, I had nothing to compare it to. At the end, where they where they crush Christine in, mm-hmm. the, in the car crusher at the end, and they're like, oh, you know, uh, the movie's over. We're going to walk off. And, it, and he cuts back to the car. That's this square, this little square that's been crushed into a square, and he zooms in, and before it fades out, the little fender goes. Eh, it moves like it's gonna turn. It's gonna repair itself it's and come back. It's not quite dead. It's, it's only not, mostly dead. It's only a little square, like a giant Rubik's cube. It's gonna be. It's so. gonna take a lot of effort. <laughs> See how you say something and it reminds you of something that I just watched. Oh, the compactor. Yeah, I love it. You're thinking a Star Wars trash compactor, which is, which is great. <laughs> By the way, when you still watch the Star Wars and uh, the trash compactor scene comes up, and when you watch it now, and Luke goes underwater and comes back up, it, it they did such a good job in that in the movie with the with the compactor with making the water just look nasty. Because mm-hmm. when he comes up, he's got all this looking like styrofoam trash stuck on his face and his hair and everything. And I'm like, that looks like it might have been really nasty. Because as we know on a on a film set, things aren't always clean. Because, you know, it's like, oh, we got, we got water in the trash compactor scene, you know, and, and we're not going to change the water. It's been in there like for three days for filming. You know, I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> All right, we're going to start filming up again <laughs> after lunch. <laughs> yeah. And don't get any of it in your mouth, whatever you do. Don't, I think don't about do that it. Every time he comes up choking, knowing he's probably really gagged on some of the water. I'm like, <laughs> but look, was like, that's really realistic. That's great. Where'd it I go? Like I don't know. He just heard. I know that you told me last week that your your better half is rediscovering some old sitcoms that she's been yes. watching lately. And Gilligan's Island came to mind when we were talking about this too. Uh, the Lagoon in Gilligan's Island. Because you know the Lagoon was a fake lagoon they built on the on the back lot of the studio. And you mean they didn't the shoot on an actual island? No. First episode they did. First episode they were actually in Hawaii and filmed, the, I think, the pilot in the first episode, which kind of merged together. And maybe some of the some of the stock shots of the island are a real island. But, you know, the bulk of Gilligan's Island was on a soundstage. Every bit of it was on a soundstage. I think they used real footage of like a volcano a couple of times from somewhere. But uh, Gillig- uh, if you watch the making of or, or surviving Gilligan's Island, the documentary, Bob Denver goes, that water in that lagoon would get so, and this is, these are his words, it would get so funky that you wouldn't want to have, you wouldn't want to go in it. You wouldn't, because, <laughs> you know, they're not going to switch it out a lot because that's a lot of money to, to d- empty that thousands and thousands of gallons of water and fill it back up with water again, you know, whatever, they're not going to do that. So uh, there's one scene in the making of documentary movie where he, he, he and Alan Hale Jr., who's Skipper, they took a fish and put it in there and he goes, in an hour, that fish went and floated to the top, oh, belly up. They killed it. And when they did that, and he and he said, "Hey, I want every one of these executives to come down here and get in this water." They're like, and he said the next day it had fresh water in it. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. I think that's what happened, something like that. So that's pretty rough, you know. I mean, when you have food scenes in a movie where you have to eat and the food sits on the table, and they're like, oh, "It's gonna take all day to film this, and this food's just gonna sit here." I hear it's pretty rough sometimes when you. When Especially if you have to actually eat it in a scene. Well, thankfully, they're all on strike, so nobody's doing that. Yeah, nobody's eating right now. <laughs> so, Nobody has to deal with those unsafe hey, working conditions. I saw a movie last weekend. I'm going to review it when we come back. Sound of Freedom with Jim Caviezel. Yeah, I saw it, and I'm going to review it no matter what anybody says or thinks or whatever, and I'm going to give you my opinion of it. 
and we'll talk a little bit about Secret Invasion, the Marvel show that has had its, uh, its finale. Alan didn't see it, but I got to walk a fine line and not spoil it for him as we came there. We'll return after these messages. They're the fastest metal cars you've ever seen. Mattel's new Hot Wheels. Collect them by themselves or get them in wild new action sets like the Drag Race action set. The Stunt action set. The Hot Curves race action set. Get Mattel's new Hot Wheels. The fastest metal cars you've ever seen. Stephen King, John Carpenter, two great masters of terror, have teamed up to take you for a ride. I knew a guy had a car like that once. He killed himself in it. Christine, based on the best-selling novel by Stephen King, rated R. Now playing at a theater near you. Like a midget at a urinal, I was going to have to stay on my toes. If you don't understand what he's talking about, he probably doesn't either. It's BK on the air on AM 1450 FM 100.3 and online using the TuneIn radio app. Hey, we're back. It's BK on the air here on AM 1450 and 100.3 FM WBHF. You can even click on our website, WBHFradio.org, and click station bios and see what our big ugly mugs look like <laughs> on there. If you just find out, oh, what is, here's a, yeah, I click on a BK's on personalities here. Oh, this is what Alan looks like. <laughs> oh, wow. Here's what BK looks like. Oh, wow, look at that. So, not that you'd want to, but anyway. No. <laughs> You can if you want. I don't care. I don't want Or my Facebook page. I got a picture. We both got pictures on there. Okay, let's get to it. There's a lot of movies that have came out this year so far, 2023. It's been an... uh, You'll probably agree with me and everybody out there. It's become a rather disappointing summer for, for Hollywood. And I'm... Part of me goes, oh, that's too bad. And part of me goes, oh, that's too bad. <laughs> I say it the same way, but two different reasons, you know, or two different inflections And as I say it. For me, it all kicked off with Guardians Volume 3. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, I saw it earlier this year. It didn't actually start in the summertime, but it was early in spring when it came out. And I would, I would kind of consider it the first summer movie that kind of came out in the spring, which is fine. And uh, it was good. It was a good third act to uh, to the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy of films that James Gunn put together. You still haven't seen it. I know. You need to catch up. I know. But I think you'll I think you'll enjoy it. And and it's a nice capstone to the end. It's a nice fi- finale to that story of those certain characters done very well. When you well, kill everybody like off. That. Yeah, you keep saying that, but I'm gonna <laughs> let you watch it. You're you're gonna have a lot. You're gonna have a lot to different things to say <laughs> Look, when, you, when you review everyone, it for me. After everyone you see it. dies in Indiana and you know what? Jones. If you, everyone, if everyone you, just everyone if dies. If you get surprised, that's good because some surprises are fun that you get. Then we went to see what was the other one I went to see? I can't remember. I went to see um, another big movie this year. See now I can't even remember the big blockbusters that I saw. Uh, well, no, well, Indiana Jones. Indiana yeah. Jones. Indiana Jones and Dolph Destiny. See that the fact that I can't remember it <laughs> is proof. And, and again, I gave Indiana Jones out of ten. I gave it about a six point five out of ten. I gave I would give Kingdom of the Crystal Skull about a three and a half or four, so that tells you where it falls. It's a little better, but it's not anywhere near a nine or ten on the scale. So, yeah. I, if you're an Indiana Jones fan, 
And, and, and we're, we've got some great folks looking through the window. He's got a marble T-shirt on looking at me through the window, and that kid has good taste. Or his dad has yeah, for buying it for him, one or the other. I think it's great. <laughs> he's so, like, I don't wear one. a green lantern. He's got a green T-shirt on. <laughs> we'll we'll so, call him that. <laughs> Look more like the, the Hulk. Hulk. <laughs> he's the Hulk, yeah. Uh, but I love it when people come by and say hi and show me their Marvel Comics T-shirts and stuff, and especially when it's kids mm-hmm. wearing them. I'm like, good job. I, I, I'm proud. But this Saturday, this past Sunday, we went to see Sound of Freedom, the movie that's out with Jim Caviezel. The, uh, the child sex trafficking movie. And out of all the films that I've seen this year, or, or, or most of any of the movies that I've seen, even over the past couple of years, you know, when you go see a movie in the theater, it's supposed to deliver a certain story. It's, you, you hear that it's about a subject matter. It's supposed to be about this. And it's supposed to present this and then present that and do this. And especially if it's about a true story or a true happening or based on something true, you expect a, a bit of reality and realism with it and everything. So after seeing Sound of Freedom... I can safely say that this film is the best movie. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and just say it's probably the best movie I've seen in the past two or three years, maybe even longer, for what it's supposed to be about. Right. Let's just put it that way. They didn't they didn't spend movie money on this movie like they did the other big films, and the other big films were big, and a lot of them delivered. But for, for what it was supposed to be, what it's supposed to represent, Sound of Freedom is a fantastically presented movie, greatly directed, great score, great music, great use of music in the film deserves a lot of awards it deserves to make a billion dollars like all the blockbusters but you know what for what they spent on it and the movie they've made and the money they've made so far they they are a huge success they this movie's made much more money than i ever thought it would make Mm -hmm. and the, the controversy surrounding the film let's take all that away let's take the controversy away the political crap that's going on around it and stuff and the complaints and stuff let's just take all that away I would still recommend this movie. It is it is a fantastically made f- mm-hmm. movie. It's well directed. It looks like a bit. It's done. It's not cheap looking. You know, sometimes you'll go see a movie and you're like, well, I can see how this is a low budget film because you know it looks kind of you know TV like or something. And not and even if it's about a, everybody's like, well, you like every movie that's based on something true. I said, no, that's not that is not true, because there there's there's a movie that came out back in the I think it was the 80s or the 90s. You remember the movie that came out called Alive? About the soccer team yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. crashed and yeah. they had to resort to in cannibalism because the yep. they, they were some of them died. And it, it was a horrible, true subject matter. But I watched the film, and to me, the movie isn't that of a great of film. Just because it's based on something that really happened, sometimes the movie isn't that great. Mm-hmm. The, I know you're based on a true story, and it's a horrific thing that happened to you, well, and yeah. you believe in the film. But that doesn't make it a awesome movie to, to watch or make it entertaining to watch. And I, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Oh, you're making it, you want to make something entertaining out of something tragic. I'm like, a film still has to succeed the, as a film. It really does. There's a difference between being engaging where I'm right. into it. If I'm distracted because of problems with right. the script or problems with yeah. the acting, that's what we're talking about. It doesn't yeah. mean that it didn't really happen. I heard and and I and I didn't I didn't I didn't feel that engaged as far as a film goes with Alive. It was a tragic story, but I didn't like the movie that much. And I haven't seen it, but I hear the same problem is with the uh, what was the movie Clint Eastwood directed about the the, the kids on the train that oh, saved those uh, people from right. the attack? Wasn't it something like uh, it had numbers in the title, didn't it? Yeah, was it, it was the train number like thing? You know, you know what I'm talking the about. The five ten to yeah. two twenty two. East Johnson I, Street. I've heard, <laughs> yeah, I've heard that one is not very engaging either. No, but he tried yeah. to do something that well, I, he cast I, the actual people. He cast the real actors. people that may have to been reenact the problem, their yeah. moments, but they're not actors. And it's like if you want to do that, then turn around instead and make it a documentary. Then right, that may be more, more with maybe maybe side scenes with reenactor actors 
when they go, well, here's where we jumped the guys with the right. weapons, and you cut to the actors playing the reenactment. I don't have a problem with that on, like, Discovery Channel or something like that. But for what, for what it is and what it represents, Sound of Freedom is um, – what do we look up? It was like 136 million now. It's 136.5 million dollars domestic, and get against a what budget? 20 million. A, a, a movie that's made for 20 million dollars today—that's unheard of. 20 million. It ta- sometimes it takes 20 million just to go. Okay, we're going to make a movie. Well, we spent 20 million saying that no. already. <laughs> just saying the words. We spent 20 we're million. We're going to cast an actor. How much is his salary? 20 million. Oh, okay. Oh, that's yeah, that's our budget. There's your, there you go. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Got no that's, room for anything else. Two thumbs up. I give it. I give it a. You know, it's hard for me to get. There's not many I get movie I give a perfect ten to because with me, uh, perfection doesn't exist in my mind because there never is perfection except with one thing in, in in this in this in this existence that we're in. But I will give Sound of Freedom like a nine point nine 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 or whatever. It, it it for what it is. It is such a well made movie about what it's about. You know what's funny? You won't be disappointed. What I'm hearing and and this to me. It, indicates what you're saying is 100% true. You take people who are not in the news, they're not politically oriented, they don't have they're they're movie people. They're every they're Joe Q citizen. Right. They don't have an agenda. Anything, the yeah. folks and they're on all spectrums from all backgrounds, I have not heard anybody say they didn't like the movie. Yeah, that says a lot. Coming from that like, group. They of may people. even say this a couple people said like, well, it's a subject matter that I probably wouldn't watch again because it's not right. something I was interested in, but it was a well-made movie. Right. I don't have any... There's not a single person going, oh, that was crap. Oh, right. I walked right. in. It was right. completely like, this doesn't real... Like, everyone is like, no, right. this is a very well-made film. A good reason for that is because it is. <laughs> it is. Maybe it's and true. let me address the complaints that I've heard about it because I, 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 I carry a little more weight here when I tell you this because, number one, there's a very good reason for that. I've seen it. <laughs> I really doubt that some of the people that are complaining about it have even seen the film. Because when they come out and they go, oh, there's this in it, and it represents this group of people, and it's too far this side and too far that side, and it's it's just it's just not very, it's not a good movie. I'm like, when they come out and say stuff like that, like I've heard, I'm not going to get specific, but when I hear the complaints about the film, I'm convinced that they have not seen it. I think that they have probably listened to someone else that they like and just regurgitated what they said about it. Because they're like, oh, well, I trust them to tell me what the movie's about. I never do that about any film or just about anything. Mm. I'm like, I, I, unless I know someone well, that we, I trust we'll a lot. Listen, you know? but we'll, yeah. it, we'll still stay open-minded. Like if you told me, hey, Barry, I, I was out working in my garden the other night in the backyard, and this UFO landed and came down, and these beings came out and talked to me and said, hey, nice garden. And then they, then they took some samples and left. Now, coming from you... I would be more apt to believe it because <laughs> you are one. You know, there are some people in your life. Let's just admit that you think are grounded. You take what they say seriously, and there's some people in your life that would say, "Hey, I had a UFO land in my yard last night and uh, d- t- take my dog away and two cows." Yeah. And you're like, "Yeah, yeah right." Sure. So that's that's what I that's what I kind of compare about when people tell someone about a movie that they've heard someone else talk about mm-hmm. because none of none of that. Most of the complaints I've heard about Sound of Freedom, and I'm not here to push the film. They're not paying me to do it. I just talk about movies that I like and don't like and give you my honest opinion about it. I don't see any of that stuff they're complaining about in the film. I don't see where they get any of the, where they would misconstrue and make up that stuff. I'm like, why would you? And plus, the subject matter of the film is about child sex trafficking. That, that is kidnapping 
children and preteens and sometimes adults, as we all know as well, doesn't matter how old you are with some people, and selling them into sex slavery for money, for it's, profit. It, how can how can you go? Yeah, I'm not I'm not a supporter of that that movie. I don't want anybody to know about that. That's or, not happening. Or worse, <laughs> that's not happening. Yeah, and at the end of the film, uh, Jim Caviezel has a, has a message for everybody, which is great. And also, if you look at it, they show real see, uh, camera footage of the actual raid and a lot of the actual stuff at the end to let you know what's going on. And I'll share something else with you when we come back after we move on to begin here. From your Shriners hospitals. You know, kids, the kitchen ain't a playground. There's a lot of danger hiding in here. That dangling cord can be a disaster. Especially if they grab hold and yank me. My cord should be up. Hey, you said it. Keep dangling cords out of reach. Delicious cookies can be a tempting treat. I should be over there. Keep goodies away from heat. So kids don't get more than a treat. There's a lot of things in here that can burn you. Oh, me? By itself, it's harmless, but filled with scalding hot water. I just wait for a child to grab my handle, then. <laughs> Uh-oh, a really bad brain. So to stay out of hot water, keep those pot handles turned in. From your Shriners Hospitals. You know, kids, the kitchen ain't a playground. There's a lot of danger hiding in here. That dangling cord can be a disaster. Especially if they grab hold and yank me. My cord should be up! Hey, you said it. Keep dangling cords out of reach. Delicious cookies can be a tempting treat. I should be over there. Keep goodies away from heat. So kids don't get more than a treat. There's a lot of things in here that can burn you. Oh, me? By itself, it's harmless, but filled with scalding hot water. I just wait for a child to grab my handle, then. <laughs> Uh-oh, a really bad brain. So to stay out of hot water, keep those pot handles turned in. You call for help at half past one. Says he'll be there on the run. You wait and wait and wait and wait, and he doesn't show till half past eight. I wish I'd called Roto-Rooter. You call Roto-Rooter at half past two. You're asked if 4.15 will do. At 4.15... The van's here. And just like that, your drain is clear. Roto-Rooter. When we say we'll be there, we'll be there. Call Roto-Rooter. That's the name. And away go troubles down the drain. Hey, we're back. It's BK on the air here on AM 1450 and 100.3 FM. WBHF having a wonderful time. Getting a little heavy this morning, by the way. A little review on a movie and some controversy surrounding it. I will say one more thing about the uh, Sound of Freedom with Jim Caviezel. I've heard reports around wherever, you know, and I, I, I guess they're true because they're reported in a lot of places about certain theaters suffering uh, like air conditioning problems and power outages and stuff. And I'm like, wow, if, if, if that was done by people who didn't want anyone to see the movie, I think that's pretty slimy and pretty uh, yeah. pretty unfair. It's like, oh, really? You can't, you can't fight in the arena of ideas and, and state your case about a movie that you don't like. You have to resort to stuff like that. That's, that's ridiculous. I agree. I mean, on the flip on. side, let's give a positive. I did hear yesterday, and these were from people in Hollywood, folks that are like the, the Oscar kind of like talkers. Oh, really? Said, hey, 
for all the controversy, let's look at the film. Yeah. It's worthy of a best picture look. Oh, I'd agree with that 100. percent It's worthy. Of and best I hope picture. that's the case. I w- how much of a, now they, it won't happen. But you've got people either, like no. it at Hollywood Reporter saying, as far as the craft of filmmaking. This should be up for Best Picture. Considering other films that have won the Academy Award for Best Picture about maybe based on something like that that's dramatic and well done, yes, it does deserve one. I would also suggest that Jim Caviezel uh, should be up for, for an Oscar. I would also suggest that his one of his supporting actors that's in the film with him that plays a character that was seedy but got into that world to fight it within it mm-hmm. is a great performance by this guy as well. And the director, is he a Mexican actor? I think so. The heavy yeah, I think set I know guy, who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. The, um, and, and, and the director. The director deserves. So let's see what, I don't, I'm with you. I don't think it's going to happen, but let's I keep an eye on it and see what happens. Hey, there's always the People's Choice Awards. Right. You know how you feel being a parent. And my better half was watching it, and and you know they they start and it, you could get emotional watching this film because yeah. you start thinking about what if this is my kid? And there's a scene where this guy's daughter gets grabbed and kidnapped and thrust into this world, and every night he goes. There's a scene where he walks into her bedroom and he says, "I have to face an empty bedroom every night. She's not here." Mm. And he looks at her empty bedroom and he can't wait till she's back again or whatever. So it's just, I'm sure, since you said Guardians Volume 2 affected you on a level with uh, with Ego and the dad relationship and stuff and having yeah. kids, it'll affect you on that level as well, having kids. I have kids. a feeling it will. It really will, but I think you'll like it, and I really I'm think... I'm going to bring a box I, of tissues. I think you need to see it. You need to take your daughters to see it, too. It's a movie, really, for everybody, unless right. it's as rated as... That's I can't the other rating. thing. I, I, we but mentioned that before we went to the break. Everyone that I know that's, quote, a normal everyday, they're not political, they're not news... They just do their YouTube or they do yeah. whatever. Yeah. There hasn't been a single person who has said, oh, that movie sucks. I can't remember the rating. I'll have to look it up. We could look it up easily. I think it's PG-13. But it's not rated R. It's PG-13. It's not graphic. They didn't go the graphic. Because route. of the subject matter, it's PG-13. Yes, and it should be that. But, hey, uh, I think Mel Gibson ran into the same problem with Passion of the Christ when it came out. Yeah, that nobody was hard, wanted though. to touch it. <laughs> no, right. Nobody wanted to touch it. Mm-hmm. They said, oh, no, we're, we're going to bury this movie, blah, 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 blah. And it went on to be the highest grossing still, R-rated movie in history. Still to this day. So, you know, sometimes, <laughs> let me borrow a person's line from The Mandalorian. Sometimes, uh, we have spoken. <laughs> sometimes the public speaks on what they like and what they think should be, have a light shown on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sound of Freedom is something. So there you go. A review of Sound of Freedom from me, BK on the air. I saw it. You got to introduce it. You're going to introduce the flash, flash the audience. I can do it. Okay. It's time now that we <laughs> flash the audience That's of the right. news, nice the transition. strange, the weird, the bizarre. So weird that I actually am introducing it. And I'm weird. <laughs> and I'm bizarre. So and guess, strange. So while I'm introducing it, I also have the first news. <laughs> A couple of weirdos. For a second, I thought, did, when did you tell me to cover, fill in for you? I don't know. When I make that face and wink at you, that's what it means. Yeah, go ahead. Is that go what ahead. that means? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Introduce it. That's fine. Well, we'll go to UPI. We'll start off. A Chinese speed cuber. I'm going to have to assume this means Rubik's Cube. Another one of these. Look out. Yes. Uh, Chinese speed cuber combined his puzzle-solving skills with the juggling proficiency to solve three Rubik's Cubes in three minutes and 16 seconds Well, that's not very impressive. Juggling. Yes. While juggling. That's the other impressive part. Well, solving the cube is impressive to me, just anyway. Li Zhihao, age 22, originally broke the record for fastest time to solve three rotating puzzle cubes while juggling in July of 22 when he completed the three puzzles in three minutes and 29 seconds. Oh, wow. He took on the record for Jeez. a second time on the set of Guinness World Records Italian TV series 
Lo Show Die Record. I guess it's, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it in Chinese, or excuse me, in Italian. But he sh- and was able to shave 13 seconds off of his previous time. Lee, an accomplished speed cuber, also holds the record for the most rotating puzzle cube solved while suspended upside down. Most uh, rotating puzzle cube solved yeah. using one hand while suspended upside down. And fastest Ooh. time to solve a rotating puzzle cube by a team of two I, underwater. Okay, now when I hear these now, I just get, I'm not so much impressed anymore. I just get mad. I'm like, you show off. <laughs> These are just getting quicker and more ridiculous as we as we go along. Now, the next one's going to be two and a half seconds while parachuting free fall out of an airplane. And then I'm like, how did he do it? The, the cubes are flying around in air with him. How did he hold on to them? They're going to do it. They're going to do something ridiculous as he went along. I yeah, can't. I, I could never even solve the damn I couldn't cube. either. I couldn't either. And the, and the ripoffs that came off, like the pyramid one I could that do came the pyramid. out. I could, and then one That's that looked it. like a chain. Oh, you know, I couldn't do loops that. and stuff. It's like, oh, uh, Rupert's Cube isn't hard enough. Let's come out with a harder version. Oh, please, I didn't solve this one. I got the next news. <laughs> Again from UK. An Ontario-Canada couple ate spicy peppers and then locked lips for more than 15 minutes to break the Guinness World Record for the longest habanero pepper kiss. I didn't even know there was such a thing as a Sign me that. up. I would I would do that now. London couple Mike and Jamie Jack ate a habanero each and then had to start kissing within 30 seconds to comply with the record rules. They held their kiss for 15 minutes, 6.5 seconds, earning the record. The couple set their goal at 15 minutes because they will be celebrating their 15th anniversary this year. You must be a long time married if you can get away with kissing each other with with a hot pepper breath or and a lot, I'm going to tell you right long. now right so now if my wife away. wanted to sign up to do I would do it right now I could mm-hmm. do that I could mm-hmm. do the hot pepper challenge right now I just had one with just, who would you who would you do it with my wife oh I with her said. okay I thought she said she said you could I just said but my, you didn't say with her you honey said can I have permission agree. to lock she'd agree to some other some other woman for 15 and a half minutes how long would I have to last 15 and 15 minutes, 6.5 seconds is their record. So I need to go 16 minutes. Okay. Yeah. Go, 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 go for 20. Make it where they can't break it. You know? Mike Jack said, has, held, has several world records for eating spicy peppers. The guy, Jamie Jack, said she practiced for the record by eating a habanero every day for about a month. The couple said practice is an extremely important part of setting the record. Quote, Make sure you can handle the heat of the peppers before you attempt a record like this, Mike told Guinness World Records. You don't want to throw up in someone else's mouth. I'm like, no, you don't. That's a good point. Unless they like that sort of thing. I didn't realize hot pepper made people feel violently <laughs> ill. I don't know. It's just... Uh, I, was out, I, don't know. I was out in the garden yesterday, and I, I was picking. I was like, I wonder if these are if these are have, have hit their spice level yet. I'm just out in the garden. I ate it. I was like... Starting to get into like the skull, the skull yeah, sweats where yeah. like you're so spicy. I'm yeah. like, oh, oh, I'm sweating. <laughs> oh, this is hot. Habanero are my limit. I don't go any higher than that, and, and rarely do I hit that because I, I'm the type of person that I like spicy foods. I've said this before, but I also like the food to be food to be spicy to you where it doesn't destroy my tongue where I can't taste right. anything right. but the pepper. I mean, come on. I got I got to give this one a try. I got to figure out how to do it. Maybe I finally found we'll a Guinness record that Maybe I could we'll do. Maybe we'll do it here and make it a stunt for the radio station. Y'all can do it out in front of the station. All right. <laughs> I've got the next news. Flash. I'd watch it. I'd sit here on the air and watch you do it. A Wisconsin woman who has held the Guinness World Record for the largest collection of poo. Poo. bear. Oh, the, okay. Poo. Okay, good. A largest collection of poo memorabilia since 2008 said her collection now amounts to 23,632 items. 
Deb Hoffman of Waukesha first earned the record in 2008 when she had 2,891 pieces of the A.A. Milne's fictional toy bear. And her record has now been updated by Guinness with the organization confirming she now has 23,632 unique individual different items. Wow. Hoffman's home is filled with poo paraphernalia, including stuffed animals, toys, clothing, costumes, jewelry, watches, paintings, and more. She said the recognition from GWR and previous features in news stories has led to her receiving hundreds of items from complete strangers. Wow. Hoffman said she plans to keep collecting for the rest of her life, and she even has a plan for what will happen after. It doesn't say in the story, but I would imagine a poo museum. But Come I see wonder, the Museum of Pooh. Oh, wait, you might want to rename that. I wonder if there's also a Pooh Museum, too, along with Pooh Museum. Rate my Pooh. Bear. Night, night to know. Speaking on here. <laughs> but most of all, Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. Cubby little cubby all stuffed with fluff. He's Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. Willy nilly silly old bear. Yeah, the Winnie the Pooh collection from the last news flash. There's a little Winnie the Pooh for you. That Just hearing the snippet of that song brings back the memory for me for watching Winnie the Pooh. I never saw any Pooh movies in a theater, but I saw them on television. On the you know when Disney Wonder World of Disney mm-hmm. would show stuff, uh, always remember seeing it as a kid. That poo collection, that's a lot. I, I I'm not going to collect anything else. The older I get, I've already gotten rid of stuff. Yeah, I'm beyond the collecting. I used to collect some things, and no, I, I just collect bills. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. It's stuff I don't want to collect. I don't now. want it. Can but I, I do. I did. You know, I did save some stuff. Some stuff I'm like, no, I can't let that go. I want to keep that. You know, certain runs of comic books, like the, I have the entire collection of Captain America from issue 100 to present because they didn't start him until they called it, they they, churn, they, tain, they changed Tales of Suspense with him and Iron Man into, the, in his own book, Captain America started with issue 100. Then they gave Iron Man his own book and just stopped Tales of Suspense. So the first, and I don't have any of the World War II Captain Americas. Let's just say that back Marvel and I guess Timely Comics did it in the, in mm-hmm. the 40s and stuff. I don't have any of those. Those are... Again, I would have financial problems if I had to buy those because that would be unattainable. I don't to me. know if they'll Can't ever be those. worth anything. The only thing I can tell you is I started collecting Web of Spider Man, which was a third Spider Man oh, comic yeah, book web. series. Started in the I 80s. collected it from number one. I still have number one until when I stopped. I think maybe some whatever of the early, that's worth. If you have the, the if you have prestige, they're, pristine they're in all a in backing bags. boards with them in, in of web. The first I probably a few issues are probably worth something in, in wonderful See, I condition. spent a dollar on it. It's probably worth two. No, it might be worth fifteen or twenty. Maybe three. Probably, yeah. Well, we'll look it up at the break and see just how much. It, it, are it there is reliable for. places to look that up? There are. You know, I'll tell you where the reliable place is. Not not these sites that that are the comics buying guides to tell you how much they're worth. Go on eBay and see how much people are buying them for, because that's what you're going to get paid for it. Because somebody's right. either going to keep it or they're going to turn around and sell it again. Right. That's the problem. Yeah. If they're so, a, if they're a dealer, they're not yeah. going to charge. They're yeah. not going to pay for it. If a comic gonna... book says it's worth officially a hundred dollars. You're only going to get about maybe 50 bucks for it, maybe less. Maybe, because maybe. they got to make money selling it right. themselves. Unless it's a collector and they just want it. You do run into those. I got the last news. An enormous Lebanon bologna sandwich build as one of the largest has been unveiled at a central Pennsylvania fair. The 150-foot-long sandwich was created this past Tuesday night at the Lebanon Area Fair by a large crew of volunteers known as Bologna Security. 
<laughs> Lebanon bologna is known for its distinct smoky and tangy flavor. I don't think I've ever had Lebanon bologna. I haven't, but now I'm um, interested. Every foot-long bite, they say, was sponsored at $100 per foot. The money was donated to Lebanon County Christian Ministries in their efforts to help people dealing with food insecurity in the Lebanon Valley. Uh, they also reported that bologna security used 600 slices of provolone cheese and 1,200 slices of half-sweet and original seltzers Lebanon bologna to create 900 sandwiches or six sandwiches per foot. Fairgoers had to, had a chance to enjoy the sandwich for a free for free on Tuesday night after they I guess got rid of uh, got over the um, the charity part of it. So. That's pretty cool. Now now that I heard about it, yeah, you're right. I want to try it. When I hear about something, I'm like, oh, I've never heard of Lebanon bologna. I'll try it. If I, if I, if anything sounds halfway appealing to me and I've never tried it, I'll try anything once. I mean, well, maybe something. Some some food I've heard, yeah, this is pretty good. Try it. When I hear what it is, sometimes I can't get beyond what it is. Right. I can't. I, it, it's almost like it would be safer if you just gave it to me to try and not tell me what it is. Then I'd have to have a lot of trust <laughs> there, mm-hmm. and then I'd be like, "What if it tastes great?" And then they finally tell me what it is. It's like I would I would have thought it's the grossest thing in the world, but if I really like it, would I eat it again, knowing what it is? Because right. it's all psychological. Yeah. What if sometimes. he ate, ate something? It's like, oh my god, this is the best it's dip. So delicious. Oh my god, is that like guacamole? No, that's grasshopper. Would yeah. you Would you go? Would you, oh, I can't eat it anymore. Right. Some people would. Some would people go, would say that no, I can't eat well, it. Well, I've already eaten it. That's like in Demolition Man. Remember when they're in the sewers and and rat. he's down and he's like, "Hey, this is a great burger." And they're like, uh, "What's it made out of?" And he's like, "Rat." He's like, "Rat, rat. This rat. This is a rat burger. <laughs> rat." And they're like, "Yeah, huh?" And he just keeps eating. It's like it's delicious. Huh? <laughs> I love it. So who to thunk? He doesn't care. So yeah. Now there's a certain part. There, there, oh, I don't even want to get into this, but I got to be diplomatic about it. There's a certain part of a cow, or I'm sorry, a bull. Where they sell uh, a part of it that oh, it's, like it's two of, yes two of them mountain I think it's bull, is it bull or pork it's bull right they yeah. they sell a couple of the parts of the bull and just hearing that I just kind of go no I I don't I don't know if I, I want to know the person who was it. going uh, one of those tastes first, good well any food like that I mean who put it this way let's get even just more mild but still it would be gross at first maybe who was the first human many years ago, that got a hold of an oyster and pried it open or found one that was open and go, oh, that looks appealing. I bet Let I could eat, eat that. that. It was probably someone starving, maybe, or a could native be. or a person that just was in Or did somebody many, learn to cook it first and somebody said, I'm too lazy this morning to start <laughs> yeah. a fire. Then now you do it raw. it raw. Yeah, that's right. Who ate it first? Thank goodness for them doing it because them doing that made it where we can enjoy it. So that go. And I like oysters. Yeah. I, I'm, I, sir, I, I prefer them cooked. I, I can't do them I, raw. I, I like them raw, but they have to be incredibly fresh and not, well, they just have to be really good. <laughs> I mean, I've gotten a hold of a raw one once and went, that's not, uh, I'm sending that back. That one doesn't taste I like, so good. I like a cracker and a shot of Tabasco on it, and I'm ready to go. Now, the, now the stuffed ones or the, or the cooked ones, yeah, they're amazing, too. Stuff or cook with whatever you want. You know, make it whatever you want. Something else concluded this week, not in the theater, but on the small screen. Well, it's not really small screen anymore, is no, it? No, my screen's pretty big. It's the big screen at home, <laughs> your home screen, on Disney+. Plus. The latest Marvel streaming series, Secret Invasion, which centers around Nick Fury and his secret battle with uh, the Skrull Underworld. If you don't know who they are, you learned who the Skrull was in the Captain Marvel movie with him and, and Captain Marvel and the Skrulls, which are an alien from another planet that can change their form. They're shapeshifters. They can turn into just about any, anyone they want. If they can see them or 
join with them or something. And the scrolls were in Marvel Comics, so they, were, they played a big part. They played a big, bigger part in the Fantastic Four uh, than anything else that I remember. So, a uh, fantastic cast. This show, there's a, a lot of people didn't like this show. I know it concluded. It was the last night or night before last. The last episode came out this week. Wednesday. I don't want to get in it too in depth because you didn't see it. I haven't yet. seen the finale. But uh, it did have a finale. I started seeing early reports online and on the internet saying, oh, it was a terrible ending. The show was boring anyway and it had an even worse ending. What happened? They didn't know what to do and this and that and the other thing happened. I didn't see that. I thought it was actually, number one, a well-done kind of a cloak and dagger, uh, secret things going on that no one knew about. Hence the story, uh, the title of the show, Secret Invasion. Something was going on during all those times since Captain Marvel, who, who, that was set, when was Captain Marvel set? In the 1990s? 90s. Yeah, in the 1995. 90s. It, ha- it started then and has been boiling over and happening since then. And this kind of fills in the gaps of what's been going on with, uh, with, with Nick Fury being a part of battling that. And they're trying to take over the world secretly. The Scrolls are. And l- I'll give you a little hint. And well, we, this is a reminder, yeah. we talked about this last week. The Skrulls are not an evil race where they're all up to no good. No. There's a faction within that wants to take over the world. There's a faction within that's helping to say, yeah. no, we don't want to do it that way. They're, they're like just about every other life like, form that we like, know. Like people. <laughs> kind of like all of us, yeah. They're, yeah, they're Which not I all I like evil. that element of this story. I like yep. the fact that there are good Skrulls and there are bad Skrulls. Right. And this film, I said film, this, again, I thought, well, I think of them all as films because they kind of are. Limited series. This limited series, <laughs> which is like a film, uh, centered around that, and it was very, I thought it was well done. There's a couple things I had a, had a problem with, but it wasn't, it didn't ruin the show for me. And I was, after you see it, we'll, we'll talk about it more, but uh, I, probably by next week, because you'll probably see it mm-hmm. by the end of next week, or this week, or this weekend, you might squeeze it in. Uh, I was satisfied with the ending. I thought it ended pretty much the way it should have ended. Let's just put it this way. The, the scrolls aren't affected by radiation. So think of what they could attack us with, and it wouldn't affect them. So that gives you a little idea. And they already hinted on in the episode you've seen already. Well, yeah, because of where they they're in Russia, ho- holding out. In, uh, yeah, in the Chernobyl area of Russia uh, with nuclear weapons and stuff. So very interesting thing. Uh, Nick Fury did some things in the, in the show where I'm like, wow, Nick— uh, I did some questionable things that I think would be uh, the Avengers would not approve of. And I think that's why everybody's like, why didn't you just call the Avengers to help? I'm like, because of what he's been doing and hiding and fighting right, in they, certain ways. They keep ways. alluding to that the whole yeah. time. What's he been doing on the, quote, space station? On the scroll ship or whatever he's been on, yeah, the whole time. Well, and you find out what he's what he's been doing, and it's very, it's very que- questionable. I mean, because he's the kind of agent where you're like, well, I'll do anything it needs to be done to get the job done, right. whether it's good or whether it's bad. Right. I'm going to save this planet. And he does some things that are kind of, okay, Nick Fury's always, he's a little, and we knew that about him all along, very secretive about things. Definitely seems and justifies the means. Yeah, yes. So, uh, but I, I enjoyed it. If you saw it, yeah, too. And by the way, you can call us today, 770-386-1450, and discuss anything else you've seen, any movies you've seen, or if you've seen Secret Invasion. We we told we said this online, too, that the Secret Invasion title sequence was written, was totally AI created. Mm-hmm. And when you watch it, it's kind of weird looking when it comes on, but it shows elements of the show. I know they probably just fed into this AI what they wanted it wanted right. to see, and it morphed it and put it together, and it's the, just the weirdest. It is a creepy, but weird it's opening. very effective. <laughs> Why do you think they're on strike right now? Which this is the one thing I do agree with. Yeah, 
they one of the things they're striking, not just the writers, but now the actors, is sure we want protection about AI taking our jobs. Right, right. I understand that. I understand why you'd want to fight it, but here's here's the bean also. counters are saying, but you know what? I can do the AI job right. for a, a, a one one thousandth of what you want to well, charge me. Let's put it this way: Isn't that what fast food is doing with the order kiosks in their in their restaurants? Isn't that another way to compare it? Yeah, it's like okay, so I, I don't have to pay people front counter people. I can just put in kiosks up front. People can order, get their order, and go and never interact well, with anybody. There's another layer to that. Let's face it. When you force pay people to pay you more than you're worth, yeah. they're going to find other ways to cut costs. And that may be creeping into Hollywood as well. I totally <laughs> agree. part of the equation. Who knows? Yep. I, I, I sympathize with your plight, but things evolve. Things change. Heck, uh, my job could end tomorrow. Who it's knows? Like I, said, I don't know what's going to happen. We don't have blacksmiths in every corner every, anymore. We used to. For hundreds of years, there was your neighborhood blacksmith. Why don't we have them anymore? Oh, think, yeah. We have cars now instead of horses. I don't think I could, I I could have been a blacksmith because think how hot it would be all the time. Even the you summertime. You can't survive in 90 in degrees the or more. People just die. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. you got to say I, hi to Jack and Rose and the puppies. Jack is in the parking lot. Hey, Jack, what's going on? It's BK on the air. And now, these messages. Okay, Danny, you get the stick, you get your apple. That's a pretty good deal. Danny's a 14-year-old alpha dog. That's like 98 to you and me. Oh, yeah, you're beautiful. You know, Alpo's helped keep him healthy and happy for 14 years. Meat is a dog's natural food. And Alpo Beef Chunks Dinner has lots of meat. Alpo's all a dog ever needs to eat. Maybe Danny's been around so long because uh, Alpo's been around so long. Huh? What do you say, Danny? Juicy orange, wild strawberry, and now, brand new banana. Chicken of the Sea. Or ask anybody. Our tuna? Chicken of the Sea. It's hand filleted, baked twice. It has a mermaid on the label. <laughs> well, constant federal inspection assures me chicken of the sea is good quality tuna. We believe in mermaid. Ask any mermaid you happen to see. What's the best tuna? Chicken of the Sea. Stand by to receive our transmission. Hey, we're back. It's BK on the air here, reminiscing off the air with Alan, thinking, hey, you remember this? Remember this on TV? Got a little few things coming up right now on On This Day in History. Today is July the 29th, On This Day in History. I got a few of them to go through here. Let's go through them. 1907. Sir Robert Baden-Powell formed something in England on this day in history. Would you like to take a stab at what he formed? It was an organization, which became very, very popular there and in the United States and all over, I Oh, guess. the uh, Salvation it Army. Was no. the U- it was the Boy Scouts. Boy Scouts. It was the Boy Scouts. Wait, formed the Boy in Scouts 1907. started in the U.K.? 1907 started in the U.K. by Sir Robert Baden-Powell. Okay, so let's chalk that up to something. I am this many years old learning that. I thought it was a U.S. Um, organization. 1928 on this day in history, test footage of the first first created for Walt Disney's Steamboat Willie animated short 
uh, was 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 created on this day in history in 1928. Steamboat Willie would become the Mickey Mouse character. And now Disney has taken over the world. Yes, whether we like it or not. <laughs> Who Some knew don't this like little it. steamboat captain? Uh, 1933, on this day in history, July the 29th, police shootout with Bonnie and Clyde in Iowa happened on this day in history. Their final shootout. And what was the what was the movie that came out that Netflix the did? Highwaymen. That was so, the Highwaymen. That was a good film. That was great. It was Woody Harrelson and who else? I can't think of who else was in it with him. It was another popular actor. Wasn't it Kevin Kevin neither, Costner? Neither one. Maybe it was Kevin yeah, Costner. It was yeah. Kevin Costner. Good movie. Good heavy, movie about Bonnie heavy and Clyde. Second guessing myself. Uh, 1957 on this day in history, Jack Parr's The Tonight Show premieres on NBC. Hey, that was the guy before Johnny. He certainly was. <laughs> uh, Jack Parr was on The Tonight Show. I think Steve Allen was next, and then Johnny Carson was next. And you had Jay Leno, and you had uh, who was after Jay Leno? Um, was it Conan O'Brien? Conan O'Brien, I think, was next. They're all on the photo, and then uh, Jimmy Fallon is um, is, is it on right it now. now. Uh, when you go see the uh, ride, the three the three D ride with Jimmy Fallon at Universal, it's a re- the whole building you go into is a complete rep- uh, re- replica of of, the, of where the Tonight Show is produced. Mm-hmm. It looks like it on the inside, the audience, and everything. You go in, you ride the ride, and it has a photo, a big mural, uh, a big mural on the wall of all the hosts of the Tonight Show over the years and memorabilia from the show. It's really cool. Uh, 1969, Mariner 6 begins transmitting far encounter photos from Mars on this day. In 1969, we got photos from Mars. Then later in 76, we went to Mars with the Viking uh, satellite and landed on Mars. And today, I'm going to cue this up here. Today, in 1983, which was ha, 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 40 years ago, mm. this premiered on television on NBC. Tonight on Friday Night Videos, brand new videos from Billy Joel and Cheap Trick, Def Leppard, John Cougar, Madness, a video vote between Robert Plant and ZZ Top, with a free Friday Night Videos t-shirt given away every 15 seconds during the voting, classic videos from Tom Petty and Santana, a private reel on Loverboy, plus Elvis Costello, Peter Schilling, Peter Gabriel. Olivia Newton-John and the Pretenders. Friday Night Videos on NBC premiered on this day in history I could 40 years ago. almost bet I could name the songs they were going to be premiering based sure on the could. artist in that time. Sure you could. That's, yeah. That hurts. It's it great. It's fun. But it's it great. It hurts a little bit. But there's a part of me right now that's just it's crying really in, a, in a fetal position in the corner. <laughs> You'll be okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's not. Uh, well, let's just go one year before that, 1983 to 1982 on this day in history. National Lampoon's Vacation is released in the theaters. Comedy directed by Harold Ramis and written by John Hughes. I keep forgetting that it's written by John Hughes. Vacation is the first mm-hmm. film. 40 years ago 1985 we'll go up a few years for this one singer tina turner who we just lost not too long ago uh the film music she films the music video one of the living at eastern state penitentiary in philadelphia pennsylvania song is from the film mad max beyond thunderdome in which she co-starred with mel gibson she filmed the video of that song on this day in history today Mm. 
back in 1985. 1986, let's go one year up. Somebody, <laughs> somebody tested, somebody did his screen test for the first time on this day in history. I need to use your phone. Should call you back. Who are you? Bond, James Bond. Exercise control 007 here. I'll report in an hour. Won't you join me? Better make that too. Dalton. The Dalton screen test happened on this day in history in 1986 for his film The Living Daylights, his first film, and he won the screen test, I guess, because he became I liked Timothy Dalton. He's just a good actor. I I liked him before he Mm -hmm. was ever James Bond. He was in Flash Gordon. He was in a lot 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 of movies in the 70s. He did a movie called The Lion in the Winter, where he was really young with Peter O'Toole and uh, Catherine Hepburn, which actually was was a wonderful stage play, too. And uh, I've just always liked Timothy Dalton. And when I saw him in Flash Gordon as Prince Baron, who who who's from Alboria, the forest planet. He was dressed and acting in such a way where I thought, oh, wow, Timothy Dalton would make the best Robin Hood, but they never cast him. But I thought he'd be a great Robin Hood just seeing him in with the bow and arrows and stuff from Flash Gordon. He'd be great. Now, here's one I, ended, I, I included this on the list today. This is just for our buddy Alan Sanders here from no. 1991. This guy was back in the Navy doing his part for uh, our country. He he was a seaman back in 1991 with the Navy. What was your rank in the Navy? I was an E3. Which is, the what is that in Army terms? Is that a I sergeant? Reckon, it's, it's a seaman. Oh, it's, it's, uh, E3 what, would, what be would be a be? sergeant. Kind of like a sergeant rank. Okay. On this day, July the 29th, 1991, I only have to say the title, not even the rest of it. Enter the Sandman, recorded and released by Metallica on this day in history, 1991. So there that, you go. that goes back to the story I told you. We were able to go to the to the to the PX on base, which is like the store, and when you had cleaning time, right? Everyone was allowed to put in queue, like to share. You could listen to one side of one of your cassettes while we're cleaning, and then when, it, finished, tape? when it finished, the next person could put their one in. Wow. Uh, and if you were only cleaning for an hour, well, you might get two cassettes in. If you were cleaning for three hours, you right. might get five. Right. I played the Black Album. I bought Metallica's wow. Black Album, and that's where Enter Sandman, and everybody was like, you're the Sandman. You that never go to your, bed. You're up before us. You go to bed after us. That was your nickname. And your last name's Sanders, so we're going to call you well, the Sandman. We lost somebody in 2005 on this date, Pat McCormick. American comedy, right? Not not Pat McCormick. Wait, we lost no, Pat not McCormick. McCormack. No, 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 no. He's calling later. Somebody, did somebody calling. tell him? This is the actor Pat McCormick, who was in a Red Skelton, Get Smart, The Tonight Show writer. He was in Don Rickles' show. He was in the Smoky Bandit, Smoking the Bandit films. His big enus. He died at seventy-eight in on this day in history. We'll have uh, whose birthday it is and what national day it is when we come back. It's Pat McCormick, not McCormack. Pat McCormick's calling this later. Enunciation. PC on the air. We'll return after these messages. They're thinking how they lost And Golden Flakes a brand 
they're turning back again for two scoops of slump juicy raisins in Kellogg's Raisin Bran. It's so handy having Q-tips round the house. You can do so much with Q-tips round the house. Your pets deserve loving care. Clean their ears, eyes, and paws with gentle Q-tips cotton swabs. It's so handy having Q-tips round the house. You can do so much with Q-tips for hygienic first aid. Sterilized Q-tips are the safe way to apply ointments and antiseptics to little cuts and scrapes right on the spot. And Q-tips have a soothing touch. They're soft as pussy willows. You can do so much with Q-tips for your baby. Q-tips were first made for babies and have been used by doctors, nurses, and mothers for over a quarter of a century. Now modern families find so many uses for Q-tips, they keep a box in every room. It's so handy having Q-tips round the house. It is offensive. Fortunately, taste is irrelevant. And here's Alan Sanders to sing the end title to uh, WKRP right now. Go for it, Alan. Did you say Yabba Dabba Doo? I did, I did. I have to throw funny. in a Yabba Dabba uh, I keep promising this, but one day when, when we come back from a break and this is playing, I'm going to read you, along with it, the lyrics that someone translated to this entitled WKRP. It's, it's pretty funny the way it is. It's, there are no lyrics to the song. It's just they're yelling out just phonetically proper sounding words to go with it. Mm-hmm. They're good. Birthdays on this day. Hey, listen to whose birthday it is. There's four or five of them on them here that we should have included on our list here that we've got. Today is David Warner's birthday. Ooh, great actor. actor. We lost him in 2022. He passed away. He's a he was a British Emmy Award winning stage screen. I did not know he did radio back in the day and a voice actor. Uh, some of his credits include uh, Time After Time, the uh, Nicholas Meyer directed. Um, Jack the Ripper movie with Malcolm McDowell, which is a great movie if you've never seen it. Mm-hmm. It's really good. The Omen, the first Omen film from 1976. Uh, David Warner was in Tron as Sark, the evil Sark in Tron. He was in the miniseries Masada, which was a great miniseries if you've never seen it before on ABC. It was great. Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. He played the Klingon ambassador. Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. He did two Star Trek films in a row before he played two different characters. I think they liked him that much. They're like, weren't you just in the film before this as an ambassador, human ambassador? He's like, we don't care. You're a great actor. Play but he was also too. in Next Generation. He was he the was, Cardassian, was Cardassian that was torturing, torturing Jean-Luc Picard. Picard. That's right. He was in Titanic. I keep forgetting he was in Titanic as well. He was in the Batman animated series and did a voice. Who did he do in Batman? Was it Raja Ghoul? He did a great voice, and I can't remember. They were always good for, for picking wonderful voice actors in those uh, in those Warner Brothers. Uh, I think it was Andrea Romano was the voice talent hirer for those for those animated series, and they did they they got great voices mm-hmm. to do those shows uh, on there. And he uh, he's from Manchester, England. Today is Roz Kelly's birthday. American actress. She played in the Owl and the Pussycat, and she played Pinky Tuscadero oh. in Happy Days. Remember Fonzie's girlfriend, Pinky Tuscadero, mm-hmm. that was kind of like just as cool as he was? By the way, I can't believe you didn't say Time Bandits. Time Bandits, yeah, he was in it. Well, I said his, his catalog was so <gasps> it's huge. It's massive. To play. Yeah, he plays, he, his name in Time Bandits is just evil. Evil. His name is and evil. And he was, talk about Batman, <laughs> he was in the uh, uh, Christopher Nolan Batman. He was, that's right. He was in, uh, which which one? Uh, he was the the, was the, the, the gangster. One? Uh, he was in the first one. Uh, what the heck was the name of the gangster that he played? 
when he, when he when he goes to the young Bruce Wayne, don't you come in here? No, 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 no. I thought that was that was the guy that played uh, Cornwallis from The Patriot. <gasps> oh, I'm getting. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. you're right. You're right. You're right. I can't remember right. the guy's name. That guy's really. Oh, uh, they're too. both British actors. You they're know, all the guy. same. Yeah. Yeah. Look. <laughs> See, sometimes I can correct. That's right. I, you're right. I, I think sorry. I can't. Him. Sorry. But that guy's a good actor too. Because oh, when he plays so the gangster, good. you're like, he's a British guy. Yeah. He sounds just like a gangster from New York or Gotham rather. So, uh, yeah, Roz Kelly's birthday is today, American actress who was Pinky Tuscadero on Happy Days. I don't know if you remember her or not. Do you yeah, remember that character? I remember the character. You know what? She wasn't on Happy Days very long as Pinky Tuscadero. Do you want to know why? Because she and Henry Winkler did not get along on the set at all. Oh, really? And from what I've heard about reports and how Henry is and how she was, I think it was her fault. It was pretty rough because I've heard everybody get along with Henry Winkler. So, yeah, she didn't last very long on the show. She had a, I guess her little sister was named Leather Tuscadero, played by uh, singer Susie Quattro. Played her uh, her sister, I think is who it was. Oh, we got another one on here, another one for Alan. Canadian rock vocalist and bassist from Rush, Getty Lee's birthday is today. He Yay! is 70 years old today. He's hit the 7-0. How about that? Love it. Good Still love him. Rush. And today is Wesley Crusher's birthday. Will Wheaton has a birthday. The today one person noticeably absent in Picard season three. Yeah, wasn't we he talked referenced about him. a couple of times? Well, yeah, he's dead. He was, yeah. You know what? Here's how we explain it. He died. <laughs> but they didn't. They didn't say that. But uh, well, he goes. Uh, like we lost him. Okay. Well, I'll accept that then. Okay. I don't. Th- um, I don't think that mean in a good way. One of the characters that wasn't really my one of my favorites on the television no, series. Wasn't like, good why at all. is he here? He's just annoying. Why is he here? With all due respect to to Will, because I hear he's a great guy when he's at conventions. You meet him. He's very nice. It's always National Something Day, and today there's two food ones, mm. and probably two that we love. Today I'm is okay. National Lasagna Day. Oh, lasagna. Let me break up my inner Garfield. National I can eat lasagna, lasagna. almost any time. Isn't it like just this potpourri of just stuff? Just mixed together in this and almost like like it looks like a it looks like a book <laughs> like you could take a bite out of all these pages of this book and all the pages taste great i just know you can't go wrong it's, is it still taste the like lasagna i'll take it yeah i like yeah. Lasagna. there's different ways to make it here and there some people put uh, cottage cheese in there some people put the what's the other uh, ricotta, ricotta cheese or whatever ricotta. some people use this some people use sour cream and in, in lasagna there's ways to make it your own personal way but uh, let me just say this right up front. Mrs. BK makes a mean lasagna. She makes a oh, she makes lasagna like no one I've ever tasted before. It's so good. It's so great. Like no one you've ever tasted? Like yeah. And she yeah. And she makes it every Christmas the morning for everybody. Or for lunch on Christmas Day. It's just a a um, tradition that mm-hmm. they did before I ever met her. I'm like, oh I'll be a part of that tradition. <laughs> I can get with that. Any That's more, a good one. Any more traditions I can be a part one. of? Uh, today is National Chicken Wing Day, too. Nothing wrong with that either. We were talking about spices earlier. Originally regu- re- uh, regulated to the far corners of the kitchen as material for chicken stock, chicken wings were born when the owners of an anchor bar in Buffalo cooked up a midnight snack for their sons and his friends. Using only fried wings, butter, and a hot sauce, they stumbled onto a dish that would change America's game day and anybody, everybody else's gastronomy forever. <laughs> so, they don't bother me. Chicken wings don't don't give me a problem at all. I love chicken wings, but I and like you know them what? crispy. I don't want them chewy. I it like them crispy on the outside. And see, I prefer them baked. Whatever. The, the, the buffalo ones I prefer baked. I don't mind a breaded one every now and then, but now that I'm trying to get away from breaded stuff, Well, even it's if working, it's something like a... Um, a uh, lemon pepper. When you deep fry Oh, the dry them, part. I want to make pepper, sure yeah. that the outside has got a crunch to it. Oh, yeah. I well, want to be... And let's talk about they're not just hot, hot 
they're not just uh, they're not just buffalo sauce anymore for them. You can get all there's, oh, yeah. there's personal flair for chicken wing flavor. We there's hundreds of flavors. There are times that the wife and I will from. go like let's just get a, a mixed bag of them. We'll yeah. get like teriyaki Try and lemon out. pepper and regular buffalo and just smoked and oh. <laughs> See, eventually we start drooling on this show uh, for like different Homer reasons Simpson. than someone walking by the front window. <laughs> you ate all the donuts in hell. <laughs> you ate all the chicken wings. So there you go. There's a little On This Day in History, National Day, birthdays, and all that good stuff piled into one big compendium there with BK on the air. Next up, hey, how about this? You noticed how Disney has kind of put the brakes on a lot of the shows and Star Wars projects because they're kind of like, hey, we might not be so... Uh, quick to release all these things and saying we're coming out with stuff because we're losing a little bit of money here. Uh, you start affecting the bottom line and we have to change our game plan. Well, this was talked about a few years ago and then it disappeared. Now apparently it's going to be true. This is from Lucasfilm themselves. Donald Glover, star of Lando, Lando Calrissian, will now co-write the series for Disney Plus and star in it. So there you go. For years, Lucasfilm's Lando series has been one of the biggest, well, believe it, we'll believe it when we see it, you know, thing. Star Wars projects, you know, <laughs> some of them have been announced and then put up on the shelves and maybe even forgotten. Today's, this week's breaking news definitely counts as uh, IO9, Gizmodo, heck, even Variety was reporting this, I think, as well. They've confirmed an early report that Donna Glover, Donald Glover isn't just set to star in the Disney Plus series about Lando Calrissian, but he'll also co-write the series, too. His brother and fellow Atlanta TV series writer-producer Stephen Glover is set to pin the show with him. So I guess they got a deal, a sweet deal that he's going to star in it, and him and his brother will write it. Uh, that may have been their their plan all along, or they may have changed it, or it changed over time. So there you go. we got Lando on the horizon. Let's see just how many adventures Lando had when he was younger. He could have had. There's a character that you could do a lot of adventures with that we know nothing about. Exactly. I mean, he could exactly. have done a lot of stuff. And you get Who just knows? enough hinted at in Empire Strikes Back. And they yeah. did a little bit with Solo to give you a sense that he, he kind of flirts yeah. a little too close to that underworld, seedy he's, world. He's got a past. And some of it may not always be uh, winged unicorns and... Uh, and Skittles and stuff, you know. He may have <laughs> he may great. have a moral center like Han Solo, but I think yeah. he was willing to go a little bit further down the organized crime path. Right, and you know I like it when they do characters like that when they're when they're a little seedy and a little this way, but they do at their heart they're still kind of good guys. Right. Uh, because what what did someone tell me not too long ago? They're they're disgusted. I'm so disgusted at entertainment today, and there's a plethora of reasons I'm disgusted by it. But one of them is. There, there, there's no good guys anymore. He goes, every time you watch a show, it's always the bad guys fighting the not-so-bad guys, and you have to root for one or the other. I'm like, well, right. they're both bad. <laughs> there's right. no, there is a lot of that. There I mean, is a there lot. Are. Yeah, it's so, okay to have the anti-hero story, but right. at some point. But not in everything. Right. I mean, come on, let's have some good guys. At some point, I like the I like the Han Solo character, like the gray character who's, like, look, I'll I'll swindle somebody who's got millions out of a few thousand and a dollars, smuggler, but yeah. I'm not going to child traffic. Let's say, you know, like there's that line. Right, but he was smuggling things uh, under the Empire's nose, and they're evil anyway. So we knew that. Right. So he, he just uh, he's helping the big highest bidder, mm-hmm. and he's making money doing it. So kind of like a likable pirate. Yeah, there were. Yeah, you pirate. Yeah. I mean, Errol Flynn played uh, the Seahawk and the uh, and, and Captain Blood, but he was a likable pirate. The British Navy back when they had uh, were sailing the seas, mm. he was doing the work for the Queen. That meant attacking a Spanish ship every now and then, plundering it. It's all for Mother England. <laughs> 
I didn't kill anybody but the bad guys. I only killed the bad people. <laughs> That's yeah. all I did. How many people did you kill, Harry? Did you wait? Did you kill people, Harry? Yes, but they were all bad. <laughs> they were all bad. <laughs> so the bad guys and the not so bad guys are fighting. Now we did get good guys from time to time. Uh but hey, even even they made them questionable. The the Man of Steel film that uh Man of Steel with the Zack Snyder. Superman was kind of like, eh, it was a dark Superman, sort of. It even made him dark, so don't do that. Captain America is the good guy. Out of Marvel, he is the goodest good guy, good, good along with uh, Peter, Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. They are at heart just wanting to do the best thing, help people, and they are good guys. Heck, Captain America, Steve Rogers, he's so good, he can lift Thor's hammer. He's the only one out of everybody else, probably, that could do it out of all of them. And he did. He, p- he picked it up. That's how good he is. He picked it up in the comic book. So there is such thing as good versus evil. I just like to kind of try to come down on the good side. I'd like you to know what I'm saying. Part. If I'm going to pick teams. I just don't want to do that. <laughs> now, the, the bad guys tend to dress nicer. But yeah, but that's okay. I mean, They got the cooler outfits, uh, but, uh, but I still want to be good, on the good, good guy side. <laughs> right. Well, we're going to take a break and speak here on the air. We're going to hear from Pat McCormick in the Golden Rage of TV coming up probably in the next half hour. He's in Los Angeles at a general hospital. Yes, the, the general hospital uh, soap opera. He's at a reunion because he was actually on General Hospital as part of a fictional rock band, but they were a real rock band playing a fictional one. And Pat was the the guitarist in that band, and he's going to call us and give us a little report and see what's going on and give us an update as to what's going on. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about EMC Theaters and some of their plans to change some of their rules about their seats and a lot of other stuff coming up with BK on the air. Another happy landing. If you want to win the game, you gotta take a good aim and get the most marbles with your hippo. Playing Hungry Hungry Hippos. Hungry Hungry Hippos. Hungry Hungry Hippos is the name of the game, and whosoever hippo gets the most marbles wins. Playing Hungry Hungry Hippos. Hungry Hungry Hippos. I win! Hungry Hungry Hippos from Hasbro. Mr. Potato Head Sheriff, Fire Chief, and Lady Accessory Kids. Mr. Potato Heads, sold separately. Mr. Potato Head, I made you. Mr. Potato Head and Mr. Potato Head Accessory Kids, each sold separately from Romper Room. We now return to our program. You're listening to BK on the Air. This is Mrs. BK. And I'm not listening now because, well, I sleep in every Saturday morning. But I'll catch him later on the BK Escape Pod podcast. Now, back to that man of mine, BK on the air. Mwah. Thank you, baby. It's, we're back. It's BK on the air here. That's true, man. You know, that's not allowed anymore. She... What's not allowed? You can't... We can't wolf whistle women. Don't you have any... Oh. Don't you know what... Li- don't you know what time we live in? When have I ever done what I was supposed to do on the air? Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I can get we're, We come from station. a kinder, simpler, crueler <laughs> time where we had a lot more fun and a lot <laughs> less notice, anxiety. Notice how you add crueler time into that, which makes it to totally qualify it by saying that. <laughs> oh, you skin your knee, rub some dirt in it, you'll yeah. be all right. Just come on back. Well, standing by on the line now waiting is our friend. We reported that on this day in history, Pat McCormick passed away. The what? actor 
Pat oh. McCormick passed away on this day in history. Great actor, great comedy writer with Johnny Carson. Had a lot of history stuff. He was in Smoking the Bandit. You'll know him. You'd know him if you saw him. But Pat McCormack did not pass away. He <laughs> happens to be on the line with us right now. If how funny you should call Pat on the same day Pat McCormick passed away, the actor. What do you think about that? Oh, if I could just turn the uh, phone on where he could talk. There you go. That? Yeah, where's Pat? There he is. Well, he's supposed Hello. to be. Pat, you there? Hello. Is he on hold? Yeah, no. Did he put you on I hold? Got the line. You didn't put me on hold, did you, Pat? Line is on. He's up. He's on. He's, He's on. up. Yeah. He's not talking. He's not talking. We're not Aww. having that trouble that you had the other day, are you? No. All right, Pat. I don't know what's going on, but call us back because I don't know. Is there anything touched, turned on here that shouldn't be turned on? Everything. Everything's up. There. Oh, wait. oh I here's something. Pat, you there? See, I think he. I think he thought he had more time. Pat, are you there? Pat. I heard him make a noise. He breathed. Should I text him? He did something. Yeah, text Same. him. Tell him, to, tell him to call us back. Call back. Right, I will do that. You do. Yeah, you drive. No, I'll, just, I'll just do that. So, yeah. But Pat McCormick I can't wait is, to see how you edit that. He's going to. Oh, buddy, I'm really I'm really good at editing it on the podcast. Sometimes I just leave it in because it's just a mistake and it's part of the show. Uh, yeah, he's at the. Pat McCormick appeared on General Hospital way back in the day and appeared on, as a rock band on there. He was a guitarist. It was a fictional band, I guess, on the show, but they were actually a real rock band and musicians. In real life. So he can play the guitar, the guy could sing and everything. And they were featured on there. And he won, let me get this right, he won an Emmy, not a Grammy. Right. I actually said he won a Grammy the other day. And then uh, he, he he corrected me about it. And I'm like, I'm like, well, now I'll just make a joke out of it. He won a, he won a, an Oscar Grammy Emmy. Oscar Grammy <laughs> Emmy Tony. He's one of the four the Tony, put the Tony in there too. But uh, he's one of those friends that we have that we can say, has won an Emmy Award. How many people can say you know someone personally who's a pal who has won an Emmy Award? Not many people can say that, if you think about it. True. Uh, the only other person I know is, I believe, um, Kristen Gates with 94.9 The Bull got one for a, a, a news oh, really? story they had put together. Well, he's calling back now. Let's just pot up the phone here and see if everything's okay. Pat, you there? Uh, there seems to be some technical difficulties. Okay, you can't fake yeah. it now. We hear you now. You walked away from the phone, didn't you? <laughs> no, I was sitting here listening to Stacy talk about how she never listens to your show. I thought that was cute. <laughs> That's true. She doesn't. <laughs> she sleeps on Saturday. She doesn't get up early for me. Are you kidding? Yeah, and, and, and I said, what a great day for you to call in on the day Pat McCormick passed away. The actor died on this day, but Pat McCormack is still alive and well and calling the show today. So that's great. Wow. You planned it that way, didn't you? I know that. <laughs> you planned it no, that way. Come on. But, but it is funny because every celebrity I, I've talked to, because most of them are of that era, you know, always always reference Pat McCormick when, when I talk to them. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of funny. It's like I have the same exact sense of humor as he did, too. And he was a funny guy, good actor, too. He was in a lot of stuff, and he was a writer for The Tonight Show. He did a lot of things. But you are here oh, today. Yeah. You're somewhere special today. First of all, can you fill everyone in on the details that I don't know? Tell everybody what Do we you, have enough time? I think so. We'll, we'll make time for Pat. <laughs> fill everybody in on your background, the music that you were involved in, the band, and the General Hospital thing. What did you do back then? What did you do? I swear, Alan, you know, have you ever noticed that BK answers his own questions before he actually asks them? He's got that Sean Hannity <laughs> thing going on. Alan does it, too, if you just listen to his show. <laughs> well, it's exactly, exactly what you said, Barry. Click. Hey, shut up. <laughs> wow. No. I said elaborate on it. Go, go further into details about it, you know. Oh, no, you know what? This is great. I'm, I'm here at the GH uh, in General Hospital. 
Fan Festival Weekend, which has happened every year for, well, decades. I used to play with my soap opera band at all of these events because we were actually on General Hospital for a time back um, around the turn of the century, which is a weird thing to say, but that's how long it's been. And um, a lot of the past cast stars are here. A lot of the current stars, I would say most, if not all of them, quite frankly, just come to greet the fans. It's your, your usual fan event where they all have a chance to meet meet their their stars and get their autographs. And it's just, a, I got to tell you guys, soap fans, soap fans are a, a breed of their own. They're passionate beyond words. They are, they just adore their soap stars. So much so. And here's my quick little story. I can't ever impress my wife. You know how it is, Alan. You uh-huh. know, I, I, I try to, I try to. Hey, look, check this out. I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's tough not to crack, right? So, last night, the event had started yesterday. Last night, after we had dinner, my wife and I, we walked into the uh, fan event room, which had a few hundred people in there, just to see what was going on, what the room looked like, because we're going to perform there, uh, our, our reunion musical tribute tomorrow night. All of a sudden, there's all these people coming up and asking me for my picture and my autograph. I'm like, what in the heck is going on here? Well, you probably don't remember me, but I, and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't believe it's been 20 plus years and these people are recognizing me. I look back at my wife and she was like, you mean you used to be somebody? You hit it right on the head because, as you know, sci-fi fans, television fans, classic TV fans, and, and soap fans, it sounds like, they're some of the most devoted fan base you'll ever meet in your life. And you know that now. It's exactly the same. You're right. Wow. And that was so unexpected. I And, and, and she wouldn't stop going on about it because, it was, again, it was very surprising. You know, I am not a main cast member, nor was I ever. Um Right. But you know, we were on we were on as a band. The band was real, and it got so to the point where we did four albums and won an Emmy for outstanding original song, which ba- basically uh, catapulted us onto the ability to go out and play all over the nation, right. um, raising money, raising money, and for sick kids and all of that. And it was, again, it was it was quite a ride, and and the fact that. The, the main guy, Wally Kurth, is still on General Hospital. Has been for oh, he's going. He's headed towards forty years now. <laughs> right. Wow. On both, well, on both General Hospital and One Life, or a, a see, of our lives. You know? BK, you and I did this wrong. We should have been out there with him because we're all such good friends. Everyone oh, yeah. around him would have been like, I don't remember who those two guys are, yeah. but if they're with Pat, yeah. they must have been important. Oh, we could have done that. We would have had our pictures made. We could well, have made up anything. Pat, we're kind of running out of time, but what I want everybody to do, what I want you to do is you're going to another event next month, I think. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm glad you said Toy Show, Barry, because for that split second, I don't know what the heck you were talking about. Well, not that other thing we can't talk about. Tell about the Toy Show. <laughs> Yeah, right. Of course, the Toy Expo, the other in toy, Santa Clara. Yeah, it's, it's. I believe it's called the Toy, the Santa Clara Toy Expo. Yeah, I'm gonna go hang out with our our mutual pal Michael Gray. Yeah, that's great. That's gonna be fun. Tell him I said hi. Shazam. Say Shazam to him. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'll be able to help. Hit him. by a lightning bolt and a big RV. Dress up comes like up. Gomer Pyle and walk up and go Shazam. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> now I got just got a just got an image in my head of Pat and a marine. D- uh, dungaree greens or whatever, or whatever the that's olive called. Drab olive green. drab green. You, you can hear you on YouTube. You got a YouTube channel. You got a podcast. You do well. I guess where you, where you could, wherever you could find it, which I always put as a tag on all my BK on the air spots. Which again, I love doing, and thank you for that opportunity. Thank guys. you, thank but, you. Uh, yeah, the, the podcast is Retro TV Radio, and you can find it on most popular podcasts. Platform. And if you go to and Dave Sedstrom's YouTube page, you can see us in Retropalooza 5 right now. You can watch that. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm looking forward to 6. A, I was thinking it's a magic number. something I'm looking oh, no. forward to as well because it, we're on vacation. You know, may as well have 6. I mean, you should have 6 as yeah. often as possible. Nothing wrong with having 6. You know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where do they go? The black hole in the dryer is where they go. Honey, you, can, you, can you want some socks? Well... <laughs> We've come to the end. We're going we're to take a break. Pat, thanks for calling and checking in. Look forward to every Golden Rage of, uh, of television t- uh, TV trivia that you send. <laughs> By the way, I still have the old title stuck just in my head. It. Come on, I'm just saying golden say in there. I say golden. That's enough. And Pat McCormack, I always look forward to it. Love our association. And I want to continue it as long as we can, buddy. And, hey, we will meet in person and have a cup of coffee one day, I promise. Absolutely. you got to bring Alan, though. Sorry. Well, then I'm not doing it. Never mind. <laughs> See, just kill the, just kill the whole thing. Working conditions. He'd have a cup of how Alan would have three cups of coffee, but that's okay. That's his thing. Well, thank, <laughs> thanks, Pat. We'll talk to you soon, buddy, and I'll see you out there. I appreciate it. Everything you do, and have fun. Sounds great, guys. Thanks see you, buddy. Me. All right, buddy. Bye, bye. Mac, Pat McCormack. Mac the knife. That's right. He has his nickname. Speaking on there, we're going to take a break, and we got some more surprises when you come back. And now this message. I hate how they wrinkle my suit. You ought to see my cleaning grill. Oh, they rub against my neck. They're uncomfortable. How about this for an alternative? Safety belts are way too confining. I'm in complete agreement. More or less. You could learn a lot from a dummy. Buckle your safety belt. Next, another interesting story that's in the news. In the news, the bus of the future goes bust. They were supposed to help carry commuters into the 21st century, but in many big cities, these buses aren't carrying anyone anywhere. We'll be back with Busted Buses in the news. Sponsored by Post Honeycomb, the cereal with a big bite and big taste. Come to the honeycomb hideout. I'm Big Betty the Blind Bomber, and I want a big cereal. Honeycomb's big, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not small, no, no, no. Honeycomb's got a big, big bite. Big, big taste in a big, big bite. Right. A good breakfast featuring post honeycomb cereal gives you a big, big bite. It tastes right. Honeycomb bite. It tastes right. Now back to the show. Oh, yeah. And now, back to a guy who has no idea what a call of encroachment means, but he knows what roughing the listener is all about. It's BK on the air. Yeah, I guess that's some kind of sports reference, I guess. I don't know. Some kind of uh, call of encroachment. Sounds like something a, uh, an exterminator would do 
to get the critters out of your house. Hey, there's some encroachments encroachments in here by the roaches, and we got to stop the uh, stop them and give them a call of encroachment. I don't know. I do have this quick story before we move on to the next thing that Alan and I kind of put together yesterday that we're going to do on the show regarding some movies. Let me say this: this falls right in with movies and stuff. And thanks to Pat McCormack for calling in from uh, the Los Angeles convention that he's at celebrating uh, General Hospital, the soap that he was on back in the day. He had a great time playing on there as a rock part of a rock band. He's in a rock band and played as a rock band on a soap opera. We got some of the best friends in the world. We've even got a good friend of ours that was in a Star Trek movie. A lot of our friends have done a whole lot more than we have, and it's so cool being friends with them. It's so nice that we can rub elbows with them. It's cool, and then at the same time, I, I go home and... Like you want to find my room? Just look for the room that smells like disappointment. Not you, not true. You you rubbed elbows with Burt Reynolds once. Man. I did. You got I did. to do that That's here true. at the Grand Theater in Cartersville. I got that was yelled great. at by the directors. Let's like, do it's this. It's not my fault. Let's do this right quick. Hey, you were doing what Burt Reynolds says. I, and what are you going to do if Burt Reynolds tell you to something, or or an independent film director? What are I you wasn't do? about to say no to Burt. What are you going to do, Burt? I'm sorry, you're not supposed to touch me, man. What the heck's wrong with you? Those those two scrubs over there who have never done anything, they're telling me to tell you to put your hands somewhere else, buddy. I wouldn't say that they've never done anything, but they've done less well, than what Burt has done compared well, to Burt at who, the time. Who? Hey, let's be honest. Burt have you directed seen? as well? He directed right. several films. So he was a director. You haven't too, seen you know? the final output of that. Have I did. You? I did watch the movie. I did watch it. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I was going to listen to Bert. Yeah, that's true. I wasn't going to listen to I agree with you now. <laughs> I agree with you. Let me do this right quick, and then we'll go into what we were talking about, about some films that we've never seen. From SlashFilm.com, AMC Theaters has abandoned their plan to charge more for the best seats in movie theaters. I don't know why they did this. Let's find out and see if there's a reason on this in the story why. They're not going to roll out its variable pricing model for seating nationwide. The initiative, called Sightline, was announced earlier this year with the idea being that users would pay more to sit in the better seats in I a given this. theater while undesirable seats, the undesirables, the undesirables. The deplorable seats. N- namely in the front row. <laughs> to me, it would be all the way in the back row because I don't like sitting all the way in the back or all the way in the front. I, I like in the middle, in the center. That's where I like it the best. Some would argue how close you want to be. Those seats, that I said, would be slightly cheaper. However, the testing out the new program in a few markets in the U.S., the nation's largest uh, exhibitor decided not to move forward with the plan. The news was confirmed by AMC in a press release in which the company shared its findings from the program. While they certainly tried to paint it in a rosy way, moviegoers will not have to endure higher prices for better seats. That's the key thing to take away. Now, I I don't know what to make of this. That's fine. They can do whatever they want. But there's a theater chain I go to, and they're out there. You know, there's one called the NCG where you can pay for prime seats that recline. They're heated. They're they're cool. They they rock. They're very comfortable. They're bigger. We pay the extra money to sit in those seats, at least Mrs. BK does, because she wants to be comfortable. And they're usually in a sweet spot in the middle a few rows back. And we get those seats, but we know what we're getting. We pay for them. We don't have to, but we do. So I think it's cool to have two or three rows of those seats as an option. The fact that NCG was doing it long before AMC did, that's interesting because I think AMC is the older chain. They've been around longer. Why wouldn't they innovate that? And when I go to AMC now, I'm like, oh, I can't get free refills on popcorn. I can't get refills on this. I can't do this with AMC. They don't have this that NCG does. I go see movies at NCG because it's just right around the corner from my house. That's where I go. I'm not plugging them because they're paying me. I'm just plugging them because I go. Yeah. And I think it's fun. You can you can fill up your tub of popcorn on your way out. Take it home Well, look you. at what NCG's done. On. They said, look, you want to pay uh, to see it in a regular screen? Here's the price. Right. If you want the extreme Which is theater, their version of IMAX, but not quite. Yeah. Yeah. You could pay a few dollars more and go see the extreme version. Hey, that'd be a good movie name. A few dollars more. Few do- It'd be a nice Western. Hmm. <laughs> 
770-386-1450 is our number. Somebody's calling in right now. Uh, let's find out who's on the line. Hello, it's Big on the air. Hey, it's Chance in Atlanta. I just wanted to say that Mrs. BK has a very sweet voice, and you're a very lucky man. Uh, well, uh, cool. Did uh, How much uh, did she pay you to say that to me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that much, huh? Okay. Great show. I'm enjoying it. Um, I just wanted to say uh, that you're right. Ross Kelly as Pinky. Pinky Tuscadero, yeah. She was not a very nice person in terms of what I've read. Yeah, I and saw that too. Did you watch? I know you're a big fan of Match Game from what you've said on your show. And have you seen the Match Game episodes that she was in? I have. Which she weren't she that many. She was on like one week. Yeah, she was a panelist, guest panel on the Match Game, yeah. But, well, she, I'm just saying in those episodes, if you'd seen them, she wasn't very friendly. You could just tell mm. by her personality. No, and she also had, didn't she have an incident with a shotgun and a neighbor or something that she got into some legal trouble, too, That I, when I was looking up some stuff? She got into legal trouble, too, yeah, once. I just I'm not aware of that, yeah. but, wow, wouldn't surprise check, me. Check it out. It's out there. All right, Chance, thanks for calling. I appreciate it. All right, bye. All right, bye-bye. Yeah, she wasn't, she wasn't, uh, she wasn't the most balanced person from what I hear about what happened here. Isn't it funny when people are like, oh, I'm going to come on your show. I'm a relative unknown, but I'm coming on your TV show. The number one show in the world right now is Happy Days back in the 70s when she appeared. And I'm going to cause trouble because uh, I have an ego or whatever my problem is. I'm like, why would why would you do that? You'd never think of doing that. If I was going on a show and guest starring, I'm like, you guys are the number one show. He's Fonzie. Uh, popular character right now, trading cards, lunch boxes, everything. I'm going to come on and demand things and be a and be a uh, stick in the mud. There's no way I would do no. that. There's always been people who have suffered from mental illness. <laughs> yes, you're not supposed to let them get their way. That's right. How about well, that? Well, you and I talked. Uh, you did a, a you, you brought up something on your morning news show this week about films that you haven't seen that you need to see. And I'm calling this segment "Films That Need to Watch That I Haven't That I Probably Should." <laughs> now, there's another group of films that I didn't do a list of. Films that I haven't watched and probably will never watch. I'm not doing that there's one. There's that. Yeah, there's some and that then I there's probably the one, have no interest. And then there's the ones I saw when I was a kid and probably didn't appreciate and probably right. should go back and give a second chance. We might do that one next. We could do that. Uh, but I've, I've got a list of about five or six here in an honorable mention. You did it too. So since you brought up the, the subject, let's talk about some, while, while we've got some time here, I hope we have enough time, about films we should watch that maybe that we haven't watched that maybe we should. What do you have on your list to start so, with? So I, I just did a top five. Well, technically it's six because yeah. one, I put two movies on one line because they're the same. But I'll start off with the one we were talking about when it started this conversation. I have never seen The Sting. With the Redford Sting and Newman, and I've Robert never Sting. seen The Sting. Okay. And I keep meaning to, but I've never seen it. I've seen The Sting, but again, I saw it years ago and haven't seen it since. So maybe it's another one. That's a good one. My first, And I, these are in no order. They're in no order. First one I want to put up there is that they made a movie in 1985 called The Bride. Period horror film directed by Frank Rodham. And it stars Sting, Jennifer Beals, Geraldine oh, yeah, Page, Spr- and Clancy Brown. It's another Mary Shelley Frankenstein movie. I saw that. It wasn't great. I heard great. it was interesting, but I, <laughs> but, again, I might watch it and think differently, but I do need to see it because I've never seen it before. It's and I Sting, think Sting, is a, as an actor, he's a great singer. He's a good singer. He's a <laughs> really good that. singer. Right. Okay, so there's one for me. Let's go to All you because we're running mine, out of time. Because I've seen every one of these were based off of, like there are other remakes, okay. if you will. I never have seen Akira Kurosawa's Throne of Blood, based off of Macbeth. I've never seen that one either. And I've never seen Yojimbo, which was turned into A Fistful of Dollars. I've never seen that one. And then remade later by Walter Hill as Last Man Standing with right. Bruce Willis. So I've seen the other two. 
I never saw Akira Kurosawa's version. And everyone keeps saying he's a brilliant director, and sure I've not seen either of those. I've, I think the only Kurosawa film I've seen is The Seventh Samurai. That's the only one I have seen, because that's the one that's, that's based on Star Wars. It's based on many well, movies that's are based what on the Seven, uh, seven Magnificent Seven. Magnificent Seven. seven. Know, whatever. There's stuff yeah. of his and Lucas's stuff, too. The next one up for me is a classic. Let's go back to 1948. I with the, It's a Western film directed by John Huston. I have never seen The Treasure of the Sierra Madre. I've never seen it. Heard it's great. So I, I made a it. point to go watch it the other day. Why Probably did, like why, two months why ago. Why did that one come up on your radar? Because everybody said if you like Raiders of the Lost Ark, you'll see where sure. it got its idea from. Like, Bogart, okay. right? Yeah, yeah. I fell asleep watching oh, really? it. I'm gonna it's have to probably try to watch it again. Film? I got bored. Okay. I was so bored, and maybe, I and maybe because well, it was built up for me. But IMDb had it like at a hundred. User level. Well, see, people say older films are boring. I'm like, no, I could watch The Seahawk with uh, yeah. with, with Errol Flynn and never fall asleep because it's so exciting. I love Here's it. Here's one that okay. I can't believe I've never seen, and I still can't believe I'm going to say it out I loud. I wonder if we're going to cross it. I've never days. seen Lawrence of Arabia. Wow. That's interesting. I've seen it once. I Jim Dunham it. said that was one of his all-time favorite films. It's a great movie. And I have never seen it. I know all about it's, it. I know the actors, but I've never yeah. seen it. All right, I'll I'll counter yours with one that's just like that that I've never seen. 1965, almost the same era, sorta. I have never seen Doctor Zhivago. <laughs> so, same era of yeah. films. Oh my gosh! There we go. There's two that I think we probably really need to see. So yep. next, let's go back to you. For me, I've got a western, and I cannot believe of all the westerns I've seen, I've never seen Once Upon a Time in the West. Wow, Sergio Leone. Yeah, that's a great. movie. I've seen so yeah. many westerns, but I've never seen it's that one. It's a long one. movie. Yeah, everyone talks about though. You've got like but that's it's the, really that's it's the a western. good movie. It's a yeah. good movie. And then I'll go into the war films here of one that I've never seen. 1930. I have never seen All Quiet on the Western. You Park. never saw the original? No, I've never seen. Have you the seen original. the remake? Didn't see the remake. I have not seen the remake. The one with Richard. I haven't Thomas seen the remake the yet. I never saw that one either. So, yeah. So, there's another one. Some of these we need to see. This last <laughs> one, and the only reason I want to see it is I remember seeing the advertising, and everybody said it it was The Matrix before The Matrix. Okay. And for some reason, this movie didn't take off like The Matrix did. But they said, if you want to see one that's even better than The Matrix, which I'm like, how is it better? Dark City. Oh, I saw Dark City, and I think The Matrix is better. You really? Okay. Yeah, I really do. Now, you watch see, it. But that's why that's I Ethan need to Hawk, see it. I think, is in Dark City, uh, I think. Is it Ethan Hall? I thought it was uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Maybe it's Kiefer Sutherland. I can't remember. One of those guys from the 80s. Yeah. I can't remember. Either one, I, what I heard was it just, it's got a cult following now, yep. but that it just didn't fire My sister like Matrix did. bought it on DVD for me for many Christmases ago thinking I like those kind of movies. And I mm-hmm. watched it. I'm like, eh. Yeah, I could take it or leave it. Uh, I have I have two more right quick. One's a classic that I've never seen. I've never seen The Graduate with Dustin Hoffman. Really? Mrs. Robinson. Mrs. Robinson. I've never seen that. Show me those legs. And I've never seen from 1983, which is 40 years ago, and we just lost the actress not too long ago, I've never seen Flashdance. It was an iconic are 80s you, are film. Are you serious? I have never seen it. Wow. I've never seen it. You know what? We should come up with another list for next week because now that you've <laughs> mentioned should. it, I'm, I'm we like, should keep going. there's other movies I should put on here. And I have never and I tried to watch Gone with the Wind as a kid. and whoever, I think I may give Gone with the Wind another chance one I day during my 57-year-old years. I'm going to watch it again. And that was one time try. too many. It's BK on there. We'll see you on the podcast and Bye. next week. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over.